Hey everyone and welcome back to the Crash Couch. Uh, we are going to be discussing episode 5 called Home, which could possibly be the most depressing episode of television I've seen recently. Oh, come on. So, with that being said, my name is Chris, I'm your host, and the other voice you just heard, that's Eric Blythe. Yes. Yes, and it's funny because people call me a pessimist, and yet I don't say things like, that's the most depressing hour of television. <laughs> no, it's really just the most depressing, like, last ten minutes, I guess. I can't wait to talk to you about this episode. I've been, ever since we started this show, mm-hmm. I've been wanting, for over a year now, I've been wanting to talk to you about this episode. Yeah. Well, hey, you better watch out, because last week, Lou and I spaced you. So, yeah, well, that happens. It's Lou. Yeah. He does space people. That is true. Speaking of Lou, we've not heard anything from him yet. Hello. There he is. How are you, Lou? I'm doing well. I am not as depressed after the episode as you were, but, you know. (sighs) So I I just like. Maybe because I knew what was coming. I I just like to say. Again, I've not read the books. I have no idea what's going to happen from here on out. Um, at the end of our live tweets from episode four, one of the um, VFX producers, Kaylin Monroe of The Expanse, tweeted that she had just finished working on episode five, the one we're talking about today, um, mm-hmm. in her office, and that she was crying. And I was like... Oh. That's not a good sign. Oh, don't make the staff members cry. Wait, it wasn't me. That's not fair. It, it oh, was no. the episode. Showrunners. Don't do that to your staff. So then I was like, okay, that that's you know not a good sign. <laughs> well, then Bob Monroe, who is also a VFX person, said to hold on, like, you know, prepare ourselves because the next episode was really um, like an emotional mess. And then I, I just, I, I can't remember what I tweeted to them, but I was like, I don't know if I can handle that. <laughs> so then, you know, we got access to this episode, which, by the way, fun fact, had a special password. Yeah. Because I was, because they said, oh, yeah, this one's extra spoilery. So, you know, here's the, here's the, this top secret password for it. And I'm like, oh, what could happen? <laughs> Little did I know. <laughs> What the last 10 minutes of this episode would make me feel. But you know what? I don't want to go there just yet. Because a lot of stuff happened before that that I think maybe we should discuss first. Okay. So I'm going to throw it to you guys. Aside from the last 10 minutes. Oh, we just want to talk about the last 10 minutes. I don't know. Uh, I don't want to go there yet. I don't want to go there yet. I want to hold off. Okay. So... What would you guys like to talk about that's not the last 10 minutes? Please save me from my misery. Uh, I got nothing. (laughs) (sighs) Well, I mean, no. I mean, the whole episode was pretty much, you know, a full adrenaline rush since episode four ended. I mean, you had the Naboo missing, and from there on, it was just an all-out chase to the end. I mean, literally a chase to the end. Mm -hmm. Um. And I had some problems with it in terms of how it related to the book. I know we're not, we're trying not to compare things to the book, but I mean, the book just felt so much more, I don't know, 
believable, realistic than, than what we saw in, in the show. I mean, I don't know how you felt about that, Eric, but the whole chasing of arrows thing, that didn't come across that well on screen to me. Okay, that's a good point. There were there were a couple of things in this episode that were not not up to the par of the quality that we've seen from other episodes of this series. That was one of them. To me, if you're talking about burning so fast that you are possibly going to stroke out and die. Right. I want to see the chairs like violently being, you know, jostled around and and I don't know. I mean maybe that's not really a realistic thing. Maybe the the chairs are would be so stationary that like you wouldn't get that whole space shuttle yeah. thing off the fact that you get so much sci-fi stuff, but I guess I was expecting that whole thing to be a more physically violent uh scene, the the whole chase of of Eros. Yeah, that's- well I mean if you remember from the book, I mean the whole chasing of arrows thing. I mean, th- th- this is what you know when, when they were accelerating. When you think about acceleration gravity in general, I mean, we here on Earth ex- experience one g all the time. Um, if you double that to two g's, you feel very heavy and very lethargic and very you know, hey, it's hard to move around. Um, you get to three or four g's, and you're not getting out of your chair. And here they are chasing arrows at pretty high G. They don't get strapped in until they go to 15 G in the show. And I'm like, well, that doesn't seem very plausible. And and when in the book, they were strapped in right from the get-go, right? As soon as the arrow started to move, hey, everyone's in their seat. We're going to do this. Um, And there was a whole thing with uh, Amos trying to repair whatever, you know, broke loose on the ship. Um under high G when he was out of his crash couch. And that was a pretty, you know, stressful and intense uh, scene in the book. And, um, I, I don't know. It just didn't seem realistic to me. I mean, the show has been so good about doing space travel realistically right. and giving us a feel for, you know, how it would be to really be in a spaceship, you know, 200 years from now that this episode just didn't work for me in, on that level. Yeah, I agree. I I was really like it, it was confusing to me to watch that. Like I said, I guess I was just expecting a, a more physically violent experience of mm-hmm. that level of of high G, like the the chairs being just about pulled out of their moorings and and like right. really being slammed back into their. I think it would have been awesome if, especially if they were doing like the the close up shots of the actors' faces in these chairs. It would have been awesome if they put these guys in the centrifuge and, you know, film them right. in a chair. I mean, that would have been kind of cool. You know, yeah. that would have been really realistic. Have them act under, you know, a two or three G load, which you can simulate. I mean, right. I mean, it's not cheap. But... I'm sure it's very expensive. Yeah, <laughs> but um, it would be that would have been that would have been a really awesome way to do these scenes. I think because it gives you a feeling of wow, this is really. I mean, anybody who's rode the gravitron at a at a fair or a carnival knows what I'm talking about. You know, you get plastered against the wall and you feel like you're, you know, that's, that's spin gravity, but you know, it's the same kind of thing. Yeah. So do you think it's, it's the fault? Hmm. Well, see, I'm not going to say it's a fault because again, I've not read the book, so I don't have a comparison. I thought it was done well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At least to me, it it was done in a way of suspense. And I think that was the point. I don't think it's 
book thing. Like uh, some of what Lou's right. talking about is a book thing, but for me, like just even not the all it was consistency within the show itself. It just seemed like to me, visually, it didn't look like it was that high a burn. Exactly. Yeah, they, they didn't get the sense of these guys are really under stress in these chairs, and and like I said at the very end, there was it was not living up to the same expectation of how I felt about space travel for the rest of the episodes. I mean, they they've really nailed this so far. All of a sudden, now right. this episode was like, yeah, it's well, not that big of a deal. Well, well, do you think that's what do you think that's the fault of? Do you think it's the people making the show? Do you think it's potentially a budget thing? Um, I'm going to say, based on what I know of of video media production and you know movies and television in general, and keep in mind, I am not in the industry. I am am speaking based on you know things I've read online and behind the scenes things. I've I'm not claiming to be an expert. Uh, and when, when I say fault. Again, this is a show we love. Uh, we have one episode where there are a couple of nitpicks, but don't don't think like we're bashing the show or the series or anything. Oh yeah, but I would have to say, to me, that's the type of thing that would seem to fall under the director's uh, purview because the director is responsible for shots looking the way they need to look. Right. And while the director would delegate out to crew members hey you know shake the chairs back and forth underneath the stage or or something like that or shake the camera back and forth a little bit to make it look like you know the ship's practically tearing itself apart from the g-forces mm-hmm. like what whatever the solution is at the end of the day the director of that episode is the one that has the the visual vision so to speak mm-hmm. for the episode okay that's fair enough right I think because I don't want anybody that's listening to this to think that we're uh, kind of tearing apart the show and saying, yeah, oh, you're doing hate- it wrong. I, I think a lot of this comes with the fact that, you know, we love it and we want it to continue to do not only the source material right, but everything that's come before it right. So right. the, the fact the fact that we are nitpicking something like this is pretty. I, I think that says a lot about the way the show is done. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, so consider it constructive of, criticism. Yes. On a scale of one to ten, we want this show to keep being a fifteen. Yeah. And and today it it dropped down to like a nine and a half, which which still puts it ahead of like everything else that's out there, um, but. You know, we try to look at things objectively uh, on all of the shows here on the Random Chatter Network. We try to be um, honest, and we're not just fanboys. We're not just here to to milk the egos of of the producers and stuff. Um, that being said, we do a lot of podcasts and we spend a lot of time doing this. So for us to dedicate an entire uh, podcast series to a show indicates how obsessed we are with the show. Yeah, and mm. we care enough about the show. To, to talk about some flaws like this. And, and it's, we talk about it because the flaws don't fit in with the rest of the show because of the show's excellence. Yeah. So when there are flaws, they stand out because everything else is so flawless. Yeah. Right. So again, we, we talk about these things because we're passionate mm-hmm. about the series. Um, now that yep. being said, there is another um, directorial point in this episode that, 
that I have issue with, and, and Chris, I think you do as well, and that's the conversation between Abasarala and her husband. Yes. I understand the delay, and tr- trust me, uh, now that we're getting into um, video podcasts and then streaming video calls up through Twitch with a live chat and, you know, there being a 30 second delay with our chat room responding to things we say, like we live, uh, phone lag, audio call lag, video call lag. Like this is a thing that we deal with all the time. Uh, but the way that that phone call was handled and, and them dealing with the lag just seemed Really, really like, like jarringly bad. Like this is the type of thing that people in this universe would have to deal with quite a bit. And they seem to be not reacting to this in, in a believable way at all. And again, I, I feel like that falls on the back of the director. See, I didn't get that from this. I thought that scene was actually okay. Okay. Um, I mean, personally, I mean, that, you know, I accept it because they were in a highly stressful situation. I mean, there's a a rock heading towards Earth that is going to wipe out most of the life on the planet, and she's still there, and he's on Luna, and you know, I, you know, I, I during an excited phone call, people step on each other's voices, and. If there's a you know couple second lag between there and the moon, sure that's gonna make that even worse. Mm-hmm. And when you're excited, you're not gonna be waiting for the the lag to stop. I I understand that, um, but even then, it just to me it it didn't it didn't seem to fit. Like I, to okay. me, psychologically, that's not how people who are talking over top of each other do to lag end up trying to correct, uh, you know, to self-correct in the conversation. It's just mm-hmm. not any okay. any experience I've ever seen done anywhere, whether the people are excited. I mean, I've seen other calls that we've done where people have gotten really excited and passionate about an issue because they're arguing. Um, and while I understand that there is a, an emotional intensity that each of these characters are experienced, neither of them exhibited excitement or a an accelerated emotional response outwardly. So, Lou, you're not wrong. I, I agree with you completely in, in mm. regards to that that's going to affect this sort of thing. But again, I, I feel like the mechanics of it they they got off. Sure, sure I can see that. Yeah, I can I can see how you'd think that. It, it was distractingly off to me. To me, when I, I I've seen this episode twice now. And the first time I watched it, I was when when that scene happened. At first, I I didn't understand. I, I was confused because I didn't understand that they were doing like a delay. I I I got it eventually because they said it. Hey, right. there's a delay, but at I didn't notice. Didn't really notice that at first, and it kind of threw me off. And then when I watched it the second time, it kind of felt forced. For the lack of a better word, yeah, mm. like like you're you're being told, hey, you're talking through a delay, so kind of mimic that. But it just it, it felt scripted. Yeah, yeah, scripted. That's a good word. Good word, scripted. 
And of course, it was. It was. I was just saying. I point out that it's a TV show, and I'm sure they had a script for that. But, but nothing okay. else from the show feels scripted. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. That's the thing. It, it, feels, but, you know, it all usually feels very natural. But I mean, yep. to, to be fair, though, to to kind of play devil's advocate here, something like that is a very that that can be a very hard thing to mimic. They should have got us. We do it all the time. That is true. We are the experts. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're more experienced with dealing with, with, with delay and leg. Yeah, you know, um, but I don't want to make it sound like we're just bashing this episode. Though there was a lot of good stuff oh, yeah. in this episode. Literally yeah. everything else about this episode. Well, almost everything. <laughs> I I was really blown away by. Um, yeah, they finally got rid of that one character. Hey now. I, I can I can hear him glaring at me through. Uh-huh. The awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this, seriously, this is talking about the elephant in the room. This, yeah. Well, let's just jump to it because I mean that's that's the thing. That's what we got to talk about. Let, other things can be other things, but we got to talk about that. You can only put it off so long, Chris. We're already almost twenty minutes into yeah. the episode. If it's too painful for you, I can start it. Might as well. Okay, so this is so to use the books as a point of comparison. This episode basically is the conclusion of Leviathan Wakes. We were all assuming that it would be the end of season two that we see the end of Leviathan Wakes, uh, and it's not. And honestly, I'm a little surprised they got to it so quickly. Yeah. Uh, and Lou, you and I have talked about this before too, the whole, the chasing arrows and all that kind of stuff. That was like almost the, I don't know that it was the third act of the book, but I mean, it, it took up. It a, was pretty close to it. It was a lot of the, the audio book at least. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I, I want to, before we go into the whole end of this episode, I, I want to clarify my point of view for one second about the book versus the TV show. Mm-hmm. The, the, the book and TV show are paralleling each other very, very well as far as where they're going to. Yeah, it's it's the avenues they're taking to get there that are a little different, and a little bit off. So it, it's not bad. And I'm not trying to make it so that oh, it's got to be like the book, got to be like the book, because it, it doesn't have to. Um, it's just that some things they've done that are, are taking a different route and making a, a very you know cut and dried decision of how we're going to do it this way. Um, it just throws me a little bit because I've, I've read the books recently and I'm trying to keep them in my mind separate, but also compare and contrast them. Right. So it's I'm tough. not saying the TV show is bad, and it's not bad by any stretch of the imagination. It's just different. Right. Yeah. It, it's two different variations of the same story. Right. And, and neither variation is necessarily right or wrong, but they do vary. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, the, the the whole thing of the of the Chasing Heroes thing, leading up to this very tragic end of this episode, um, uh, like you said, it was it was a lot longer in the book, and the audio book went into a lot more detail. I mean, even down to, you know, why the Rosie stopped chasing arrows, and and what the whole tension between Earth and Mars was at the time, and and why they stopped the ship, and who who stopped the ship. I mean, in the book, it was it was Holden, um, and they they did that whole thing of discussing the high G burn so much better, and you you really felt that they were, you know. Yeah. Wow, this is really a lot of stress in the body. I mean, you heard the line that, that Amos made about, oh, there goes my spleen. Mm-hmm. And they had something similar in the book, but it was done a lot better than just a one, oh, there goes my spleen. You know, yeah, it was, you really <laughs> felt like the characters were maybe about to die in the book and, and the yeah. show 
it, it, uh, and they talk about that, and they talk about why Holden cuts off the engines, and and he didn't ask um, Alex to to do it. He actually he didn't ask Alex to tap the brakes. He actually hit the cutoff himself, and and there was a part of the book where he had a conversation with Fred Johnson, I think it was, and. The conversation was done via text because you couldn't speak at the high G they were burning. Is that in that book? Okay. Yeah. I remember yep. whether that was Leviathan Wakes or not. Yep. I mean, when they were chasing chasing Eros and, you know, he's having this conversation where he's, you know, texting this out because his finger can move a millimeter to get this text out. And he's just making the text that way and comments about, you know, make this quick because, you know, I'm going to die here and you know, I can't have a long conversation with you. So, you know, what, it, what is it you want me to do? Spit it out. That was and, very compelling in the book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just felt like we lost something in, in, in the TV show. It didn't get that point across of how desperate it was and, and, and why they made the decision to do what they did. And, but I think it's going to all work out because they're, they're making decisions for different reasons. Right. You know, like I said, they're getting to the same point taking a different road well and i think part of the speed with which they got to points in the tv show uh in the tv series i think is probably because they were able to show instead of tell so uh yeah yeah the the whole high burn thing um that that's a downside that that is a flaw in this episode i think we can at least you and i agree um and i think that it adds to it that the book did it so well that when we've got an issue that even just within the confines of the television series itself doesn't really seem to fit, then when you also compare it to the book, it fits even less. But that one thing aside, and that's a serious complaint, but everything else surrounding it I thought was really good. I was surprised at the speed with which they got to this part of the story, Mm -hmm. but in hindsight it makes sense, again, because – there's a lot of this stuff that had to be described in greater detail in the book that here we can just see happening. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I liked the, the, the way they handled the plot line with Miller going in and, and finding Julie and, and, you know, going deeper and deeper into arrows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I liked the way they handled the tension between earth and, uh, um, Fred Johnson and the issue with the nukes, and uh, I liked the the way they managed to keep what was supposed to have basically been an action scene um, still intertwined with the politics of what's going on in a way that all aspects of it brought new levels of intensity. Yeah, and uh, I I liked the resolution, you know, and the the solution was. Initially, Miller going to blow this up, and then he instead goes to investigate, and then he finds Julie, and then he's going to talk Julie out of it. And then when he realizes he can't talk Julie out of it, he decides to sacrifice himself partially to, I guess, be with Julie, but also because if he can then basically become part of this system, he can steer it away from Earth. Like Julie so desperately wants to go home that that's kind of fueling what's going on with Eros. He so desperately wants that not to happen that, you know, even if he ends up being involved on, on merely some sort of a primal level, his primal desire to not have this go crashing into earth is still enough to get it steered out of the way. So basically Mm -hmm. he's taking over the steering wheel from Julie. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And I thought, 
that aspect of of the story was delivered well. And I and I also thought the the shot of uh, the scene, the the way the interaction between him and Julie, the the presentation of it visually, the performance by the actors, the directing of as much as I had issues with the directing in the those other two scenes that we talked about, directing in this scene I thought was phenomenal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They was, really brought a level of, of heart and uh, a level of uh, emotional attachment on behalf of the viewer to this scene. And they, and they made it meaningful. Yeah. And I liked that. And emotional. Can't forget yes. that. <laughs> this is how you should have a character pass on mm-hmm. in a TV series. Like with with this level of of emotionality and connection. Yeah. So Chris. Yes. I keep thinking back to the earlier episodes where you were, you know, curious where they're going to go with Miller in the series and, and you know, what Miller's going to develop into later on down the road and, and, and all this kind of stuff. And the whole time, I, we've got to, like, bite our tongue and not say anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, it's been a, almost a week since I saw the episode. I just uh-huh. watched it tonight for the second time. I really don't know. Like, my emotions are very conflicted. Um, And this is me assuming that he's not, obviously, coming back. Um, On one hand, when, when I first... You, you guys can uh, vouch for this. After I watched it, based on my reaction in our Slack channel, I was not pleased. <laughs> I, I did kind of get that feeling. Yes. Yeah. I, I can mm-hmm. repeat what I said on air, but I was not a happy camper. <laughs> and I, I kind of let it soak in a little bit. Um, and then I watched it tonight and I understood why what happened had to happen it makes sense mm-hmm. I don't agree with it okay um you well, you agree with it in the sense that it, it I like you just said you I understand agree, that's I agree what needed it because to happen. it's it this I I see where the story was previously and it's kind of been building up, building up, building up. And then we get here. Yep. And it's a logical, perfectly fine ending. I just feel like there's a lot of missed opportunities either along the way or even in the future. Like, What and, and part of this is you know credit to Thomas Jane too, because he brought something to Miller that really contrasted really every other character or a, you know main character in the show, and that's why I was hoping to see him you know stick around with the Rossi crew more, because the 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 way he contrasted with Holden especially and then you know even Amos, it it really it helped the other characters grow. And now that we don't have that, it, it's really, it's frustrating. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious to see where, if at all, 
the series gets that from now. Because I think that's been one of the strong points. Um, I, I said it when we talked about season one that, and, and even the first half of uh, season two, that the show really hit its stride when our characters finally met up. Right. And to have that last for such a short amount of time is a shame. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't agree with it. I wouldn't have done it. Or if I would, I would have made it seem like Miller is going to die and then kill, you know, kill him off and then bring him back somehow later. I don't know if that'll happen. I, I suspect it won't. I, I can tell you, this is not a spoiler. I can tell you that Miller is dead. Okay. So, I mean, I just, I, I, I really honest, honestly, I don't know how to feel and I don't, cause I've not seen episode six yet. You guys have, um, and I mean, you read the books too, but I, it's just very disappointing. It's, and, and it's not just because Miller was one of my favorite characters. It's just mm-hmm. disappointing. Even if I didn't like the guy, I, I would be upset because it's, I, it well, might, right. it, it might fit the story overall mm-hmm. in terms of the books. I just don't know if that's, I mean, you have to do it in the show too, but I, I don't know. I think we kind of got there too fast. He brings a level of interaction to the characters that is unique to his character. What, yes. what he brings to that dynamic, that social dynamic, is very specific. Yeah. And I totally understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, all I can say is that it would make sense that a character with that type of interaction – uh, with the other characters in, in the series that that interaction would create effects that we would continue to see um, going forward. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a relatively safe assumption to make. Um, and I, you know, without spoiling the books, I, I think, again, from a literary point of view, it, it's such a ridiculously common assumption. Uh, if you've got good writers, that that's not a spoiler. Um, the the relationship that the characters had with Miller, uh, uh, consequences of the relationships continue on in character development through the books. Okay. We don't know what's going to happen with the TV series. Yeah. Because and that, that, that's started. really what worries me. Like, I, I obviously, I know that the book series continues and that uh-huh. the characters themselves are fine because it's already written down to page. Right. I just think that in terms of visual, what we see on the screen, that, you know, it's different when you're talking about books and TV. And it's just... It hmm. worries me. It really, honestly worries me. I'm not sure I'd be worried, Chris. I think they're, like I said before, they're hitting all the same beats. They're just getting their different, you know, in, in a different path. And I think they're doing a great job getting to all the the main parts of the story arc. Mm-hmm. Well, we we can't spoil anything going forward, <laughs> but 
um, it's one of those things where uh, I understand your concerns. Uh, I would like right now, just take some time, mourn the character. Um, it's just, I, I don't want to say get over it, but like, you know, take, take some time to process it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just know that people who like the series still really like the series. I mean, yeah. this happened at the end of Leviathan Wakes and this has become a best selling book series. Oh, yeah. So people have been anxious to go watch the TV series as well. There's a lot more, uh, in the scope of things to come that, like you're you're never going to regret watching this series. Oh yeah, and, I I don't expect I will. And, I, and there will be you'll you'll see more of the effects Miller had going forward, and, and you will recognize them as Miller related effects. I think. Mm-hmm. I I think you'll be you'll continue to be satisfied, and I I don't know what else to say to try to alleviate your concerns that wouldn't start encroaching on spoiler territory. I, I kind of want to bring up a Star Wars reference to okay. kind of help the way I'm feeling. So you guys have obviously has, have been saying that um, the way some of the, 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 the things are happening is a little quick and that you really weren't expecting to see the conclusion of Leviathan Wakes be halfway through season two, which is where we're at now. Um mm-hmm. A way that I kind of want to compare it to is uh, in Star Wars Episode One, we see Qui Gon die, and he is—I mean, he's not like a hugely influential character, but right. he's pretty important. Yeah, and many many people in the Star Wars fandom say, really, that I mean, yeah, it's it's Qui Gon's logical end but we don't really see enough of him to kind of get that impact. So when he dies at the end of episode one, yeah, we're sad, but it's not, it's not as emotional as it could be. Right. I kind of think that if they waited for this to be the end of season two, that I might feel a little bit better about it. Does any of this make sense? Yes. I think that Mm. you probably would feel better about it if they had waited and made it the end of season two. Or, that being said, or, or even, or even like the, the next to last episode, but not halfway right. through. It just, but again, keep in mind, I, I said it earlier, Leviathan missed season, opportunities. We were thinking Leviathan Wakes would end the, se- the season one. Well, yeah, that Initially. is right. So, but I understand what you're saying. Yes. If that would have been, you know, the culmination of the series and see, to me, this episode seems like a season finale. Oh, yeah. And it's episode five. So this almost feels more like it should be at least a mid-season finale mm-hmm. that we normally get before some kind of big hiatus or something. We're just not having a hiatus. We're not having a break. So it's a little bit strange in that regard. If you don't have a break, then you don't really need a big cliffhanger or finale to um, to bring people back. Now, that being said, this finale, if you will, is also not a cliffhanger. Yeah. So you lose a little bit of of that aspect of my argument. Uh, and I think that's maybe why they they 
didn't have this be the season two finale. Part of it just because of the pacing of the story and where things ended up, Mm -hmm. but also because I imagine they're going to want to end season two on an actual cliffhanger that is, uh, that really gets people talking about season three. And and I kind of already have some ideas for, for what that cliffhanger might be. And there's one in particular that I'm just dying to, talk about so I, I can't wait for five weeks from now mm-hmm. but uh it, it is it listen it's odd but for me and i think for lou a lot of it's odd because of the story beats that are in the books i mean you have a book and you have a first second and third act and then you have a sequel book and a first second and third act and then the third book in the trilogy first second and third act and then you move on to another trilogy and this is a trilogy of trilogies is what we're getting. Now, with the TV seasons, they broke things up so differently that our our sense of timing feels a little bit out of whack. It's almost like we've got jet lag. Yeah. Uh, you know, viewing, jet lag, if you will. And it's it's not that there's anything wrong with it. It's just we've got to readjust our sleep schedule. Yeah. So to I, I will say that as much as I hated the outcome, I love the way they did it. You said it earlier, Eric, that visually it was phenomenal. Um, I, I loved, I, I think Julie looked great. Her, whatever she's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you can consider her alive or not. Um, but I, I think that visually it was very impressive. It was a little dark. I, I know I watched yep. originally I uh, hooked up my computer to my TV and watched it that way. And then I second time I watched it on my computer and the difference was very noticeable. Um, Eric, I think you said the same thing that um, Eros was very dark for you based just on your TV lighting. Yeah, I was watching it during the middle of the day and uh, the the glare coming in from our living room window hitting the television, which is kind of already obnoxious um just because of our our room layout and everything it made it especially difficult in this episode because there were uh, a few dark scenes but Mm -hmm. visually dark as well as emotionally i wouldn't even say it was emotionally dark it was just emotionally sad like yeah it was a heroic ending yes it's like it was a dark torturous ending or anything and and he made the choice he made i mean in a lot of ways it was a very I don't know if gratifying is the right word for it, but I think heroic is definitely the right word for it. So in that way, it was a rewarding ending. Yeah. Um, it was just a very bittersweet reward. And I want to point something else to on a technicality. Um, you, you just brought up, you don't know if Julie's dead or not or alive or not. Uh, when I said Miller is definitely dead, I, I should clarify. Miller is um, definitely, they didn't show this whole process because I think they wanted to show more of, they wanted to get into the feeling of you know the, the other characters toasting Miller and stuff like that. They wanted to get into the emotional aspect of it instead of the technical scientific aspect of it. But whatever Julie's state is basically um, almost undead, if you will, I guess. Uh, that's what Miller is. When I say Miller's dead, I mean he is as dead as Julie is. Okay. He, he he's he's being. You know, assimilated into the the protomolecule structure yeah, there. So whatever you want, all that like Miller is no longer with us is, is perhaps a, a more accurate way of of saying yeah 
them saying he's dead. Plus, I mean, that they did crash into Venus, and it looked like an explosion. So, Oh, yeah, I forgot about that scene. Yeah, that, yeah. that's there's that, too. Um, I, I will say this, and another reason I'm worried is because I hope that they have a have another character that can kind of not slide in and take the spot of Miller but have the, have that same impact on the show as a whole I'd like to see them do that with um with Bobby uh, Bobby yeah and I have a feeling that's what we're supposed to be gearing up for I don't know if that's true I don't want you guys to confirm or deny <laughs> okay but uh, I'm not sure right now. I like, I'm fine with the way they're portraying Bobby just based on the little I know about her. Uh-huh. But based on some things you guys have said and other things other people have said, I, I, I don't know how well that will be if that's the case. I, I think you'll end up liking Bobby and what we know oh, about yeah. other characters. If, if you look at, I mean, the protagonists really were Holden and Miller. Well, mm-hmm. Miller's now no longer a protagonist, so now it's Holden. Yeah. So if you look at Holden and his crew, um, we now have he's met Fred Johnson. Yep. So there's going to be interactions there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would not be a leap to assume that he is at some point going to meet Avasarla. Uh, yeah. Avasarla. I mean, they've already communicated. I I think didn't they in this episode? Yes, they did. Yeah. So. There, there's, they're probably going to go somewhere with that. So there will be interactions that mm-hmm. um, are going to start happening that we haven't really seen blossom into anything yet. Yeah, that's a good point. So, well, that was a very uh, emotional episode, for the lack of a better. Yeah, word. it was sad, but it's a great shift for what we're going to get into now in the next half of the season. Yes, that is true. I, it just it it bugs me. I, I'm hoping that I can look back on this and say, Chris, have no fear, you'll be fine. But I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. So, and it's funny because Lou and I could probably predict uh, how you may feel about various different things going forward, but of course we can't say anything. Yeah, we could. We could, yeah. That's that's the thing. We could, yeah. Don't, don't piss us off, Chris, because you know that is true. Be nice to us, mm-hmm. you know. I I have to say though, like as we've been covering this show, I do like the dynamic that um, some of us have points of reference from the book that we can talk to, and some of us are are experiencing this for the first time, and mm-hmm. we can talk to that point because I think that that's that's a very important aspect of the fandom of the show. There are a lot of people who are coming over from the books yep. and there are a lot of people who are not coming over from the books who are, this is the expanse to them. Like this is their version. They yeah. don't have the books. They might go back and read them later and they might not. A lot of people won't. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that we have this sort of coverage on the crash couch. Yep, definitely. So is there any more last minute uh, things you guys want to talk about before we, Sign off? Yes, but we're allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying, just hang on tight for next week. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I have to say, I think that uh, the, the two little nitpicks aside, 
This was a solid episode. This was an exciting episode, and I think they did an excellent job of wrapping up this storyline. Mm-hmm. Honestly, my 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 gripes with the with Miller's death aside, I I think it was one of the best episodes of the series so far. Maybe the best. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, and I I'm very. I just hope all my fears are wrong. <laughs> I will tell. I, I think it's safe to say, uh, and I think Lou would agree, that where the story is going from here continues to to move in directions that are compelling mm-hmm. and exciting and, and are interesting. So if you've enjoyed the ride so far, regardless of what happened with Miller, I think you're going to continue to enjoy the show just as much as you have so far, even if in a different way, because of you know a character you like is no longer there um even if you enjoy it differently i think you are still going to enjoy it to at least the same level that you already have been yeah yeah that that's a good point i'm yeah, just there, there's a lot of very good things to come mm-hmm. i'm just going to stop uh naming my favorite characters to you guys <laughs> just so you know this doesn't happen again because i i i remember i recall even saying when we did uh, our our beta episode of this uh, a year ago, I said Miller was one of my favorite characters, and I really liked him. And yeah, that didn't change. Oh. So win all this gonna, time to I'm get just here. Shut up. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not I, I will say, say this for, for anybody who is worried. And again, I don't feel like this is a spoiler at all. For anybody who is worried, this is not a a story or a group of characters that the writers treat like game of thrones or the walking dead. Um, this is not a series where you have to worry about, you get attached to somebody and then they kill them off. Yeah. Now the, the investments that you put into these characters are generally rewarded and are rewarded very well. Mm -hmm. So don't let that be a worry. Yeah. That that's a really good, sign i think (laughs) yeah all right well if you are if you if you are like me and uh, miller was your favorite character maybe we could talk and 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 mourn together (laughs) start a support group yeah pretty much (laughs) god i i you know we're recording this on um the night of uh, february 21st so the 22nd is when the episode will air i just cannot wait to see twitter's reaction because a yeah, lot of these people give me good a live tweet like the hour for the show and then like a good half hour afterwards. Yeah, and I, I I'm just going to say to the West Coast, I'm sorry <laughs> because <laughs> there's a good chance that people are going to get spoiled, and I I hate it, but I mean that's kind of the problem with you know when you live on the West Coast, you got to deal. My biggest fear is that people might swear off the show. Yeah, and that and that's not, some, yeah. Yeah, anytime you lose a, a popular character, you know, people do that. I really hope they don't because they will they'll really be missing out. They will be doing themselves a disservice if they drop the show mm-hmm. um as a result of, of Miller. Yeah. It would be very sad. Don't drop the show, people. It mm-hmm. it gets better. Well, it it, con- it continues being at least as good as it already is, if not better. And uh, your investment in the show will continue to be rewarded 
in ways that you haven't even thought of yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wholeheartedly. And it better not be rewarded by character deaths. That's all I got to say. <laughs> oh, well, in that case, never mind what I said. Yeah, if you thought Miller's death was bad, oh, wow. Wait don't even. until you see all of the rest of the list. Don't even. No, this is not Game of Thrones. It's not Walking Dead. You're, 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 your emotions are being taken care of by the, the, the showrunners. They, they care about your investment in their characters. Yeah. I, I will say, I think that the fact that we're sitting here talking about this single death for I don't even know how long we've been recording now shows how good the story is, how good the character is, and how good the actors are. Yep. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <sighs> I'm so frustrated still. Well, this at least gives me a chance. Now I can go watch episode six, which I've been wanting to do for the past week. So that's true. Yeah. Keep in mind, uh, I don't want to say fresh start because the, the stuff we've seen so far definitely has an impact going forward. This is a serialized mm-hmm. show. This is not, you know, monster of the week sort of stuff. But that being said, episode six, you get a kind of a, you know, you, you get to take a breath and you get to start on the next leg of the, sh- of the show mm-hmm. of the series. Yeah. So I certainly need a breath after that. Yeah. I, I tweeted this, but the expanse actually did make me cry a little bit. So when, when you, you know you made me cry, that's a sign of a good show. Exactly. That means that it was well written mm-hmm. and uh powerfully delivered. Mm-hmm. One final note, shout out to the composer. I don't know who you are, but the ending music during uh when Miller was talking to Julie, really good. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm going to have to buy that soundtrack. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this uh, week's episode of The Crash Couch. Next week, we'll be talking about episode six, which I don't have a title for. So, as a placeholder, I'm going to call it Return of the Jedi because that's Star Wars. We'll call it Support Group. Yes. The Expanse episode six, <laughs> The Support Group. Ah. <sighs> Okay, I'm 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 done. I'm are, gonna, are you okay, Chris? Yes, I'm going to focus. Where's the on end of the episode? You going to make it through the closing? I think so. Okay. <laughs> so, if you have feedback or, like I said, want to uh, mourn with me, uh, you can you can email us at crashcouch at randomchatter dot com. Uh, that email goes to myself, Lou, and Eric. So we'll all three get them. So spam yes. them with how much you miss Miller. So I I, I don't feel as bad. Hey, I miss Miller too. It's just we've had time to get over it. Yeah, you guys have had how many years now? Like, yeah. when did this book come out? 2010, 2011? Good question. It's, it's something around that. So, like six, seven years now. I've had a week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can also find us on our social media. We have uh, our Facebook, which is facebook.com slash random chatter network. Uh, we also have our Twitter. Uh, at Crash Couch, which is where I do um, live tweeting of the ex- uh, East Coast Expanse airing that is at 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central on Sci-Fi and Space Channel, depending where you live. Um, I do live tweets, and it's really fun. I interact with uh, all the um, crew and the cast. It's a, it's a really good time. Um, I highly recommend that you follow us along if you're watching live. Uh, we also have our individual, well, we actually have the network Twitter that's, uh, at random chatter and we have our individual Twitters. Uh, mine is at the curse of Chris. Eric, what is your Twitter? 
Mine is Eric Blythe. That's E-R-I-K-B-L-Y-T-H-E. And Lou? I'm at Lou Secchi. It's L-O-U-S-E-C-K-I. And you can also find all of our uh, other shows at randomchatter.com. We have uh, Crash Couch, um, our Random Chatter show, uh, all of our Star Wars uh, content, some other television show podcasts uh, that we do for some of the Marvel shows. Um, what else do we have? We have uh, episode uh, TV reviews, movie reviews, book reviews, um, all kinds of written content. So definitely check that out, randomchatter.com. Uh, we do, um, our, we have our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash random chatter. Uh, we'd like to really have a huge thank you to our, all of our donors. Um, as Eric was saying in, uh, the episode of random chatter, we were, we were recording before this, that really helps a lot with, uh, keeping the lights on and, uh, helping out with the various expenses, um, that running a podcast network accrues. So uh, that is at patreon.com slash random chatter. And I think that's about it. Did I miss anything, guys? No, I think don't, don't think so. Oh, good. I did all, I did, uh, all that without show notes. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, one last thing. Eric, what is the music credit for this episode? Oh, yes. The music you hear in this episode is Welcome to the End by Cell Dweller from their self-titled album check out Cell Dweller. You will not be disappointed. Definitely. All right. Well, we're going to uh, end on a happy note now, I guess. He says with the deep sigh. So (laughs) we're looking forward to the next episode and it's going to be awesome. Yes. On on to episode six. So uh, rest in peace, Miller. That's all I got to say. 